Taylor Walker from the Abbey Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. That's Brad Ever from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number three of the 50 most relevant, Collingwood Ruckman, Brody Grundy. Yeah, I think he's going to be the best Ruckman this year, and there is plenty of stuff to talk about this very fantasy-relevant pie. Joining me... Uh, live in the studio this time, a, uh, a big Pies fan and a massive fan of Brody himself. I've got Tim from the Coaches Pal. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, yeah, listening to the, the draft when the Pies picked up Grundy with pick 18 a few years ago. Just let out the big fist pump. You're driving down the Eastern Freeway in Melbourne like, yeah, boy, just got my pie. And look, if that's exactly how you feel as a Keeper League owner when it comes to Brody Grundy as well. You're just tucking this young gun away, still in his early 20s. This Ruckman has plenty of time left to dominate. And he certainly did that last year. 151 was his best score from an AFL fantasy perspective against the Gold Coast Suns. What was this? 167 against the Swans. A 120 seasonal average in AFL fantasy see rarefied air to get that sort of an average, especially out of a Ruckman, while it was even 10 points better in a Supercoach. In Supercoach, he is going to set you back over 700,000. In AFL Fantasy, well over 870,000 and a little bit less than that in Dream Team. But really, you are forking out a fair chunk of change for Brody Grundy. And Tim, fair enough too, because when we talk about Brody Grundy, he really is the epitome of, of what it means to be that modern Ruckman. When it comes to the hitouts, he's got that ability to match it with the best along the likes of a Max Gorn and certainly give strong hitouts to advantage. But then around the ground, in what is already a scary midfield unit for the Magpies, he just adds another layer to that, not just with his tackle pressure, but his aerobic capacity and endurance. He's just a phenomenal Ruckman. He is. He's uh, one of those guys who just likes to fill up the stat sheet, all the different categories. He, um, you know, he could easily sort of pass as a a midfielder, much like Dean Cox. I know he gets likened to that quite a bit. He's just around the ground taking marks, handballs, kicks, tackles. Um, he's not just a beanpole hit, getting hit outs. That's for sure. No, he's not. Well, he's still averaging twenty odd disposals per game, which is about five more on average, uh, more than Brody Grundy. Still picking up a handful of tackles. Again, substantially more than Max Gorn. Now they're different ruckmen. Nor do I want this podcast to be contrasting Gorn um, to Brody Grundy. But it's they're the differences about them, and that's what made him such a dangerous fantasy player. Not just last year, but even in two thousand and seventeen, um, and the years kind of leading up to it, we started to see, and long-time Keeper League coaches will have known, when Brody fills out in his body, when he gets that strength in his body, because he was he was quite a slender young man when he got drafted, as often these, you know, 200-odd centimetre Ruckman-style guys are. But now, ever since he's filled out, he's always shown fantasy chops. And in 2017, he averaged 106 in AFL Fantasy Dream Team, 13 tonnes, four of them were 120. This is... 2017, by the way. And then uh, for Supercoach, nine tons, three of them 120. And as we kind of entered it into the start of last year, many people knew the potential of what Brody Grundy would deliver for us. But there was one big reason that was scaring a lot of fantasy coaches off last year. And that was if Mason Cox shares the ruck roll, Brody's not going to be good enough for us. So a lot of coaches didn't start Brody last year. And in round one, they were pretty right. But from there on in, Brody just went on a point-scoring tear. Yeah, and if you look at uh, Mason Cox's 
sort of ruck hitouts uh, or ruck duels last year, it wasn't really that high. No. Like he was clearly played as a key forward and just a pinch hit in the ruck. He was not a second ruckman. He wasn't taking getting 20 hitouts. He was getting you know, four or five hitouts a game. Yeah, I think there's about four or five games right throughout the year that he got more than 10 hitouts, you know, um, across the statistical board. And in fact, it was in round one that he got his highest hitout. Uh, it was 18 hitouts uh, for Mason Cox. For the rest of the year, he didn't crack over 15. So you're right, from round one, Bucks was certainly still experimenting with their roles. And really, from a Collingwood perspective, it was kind of that game against the Adelaide Crows um, at Adelaide Oval that everything started to really turn. That season-defining moment that, you know, obviously went on to be such a fantastic season for the Collingwood Football Club. But he lifted his seasonal average, Brody Grundy, last year, 14 points in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, up off his 2017 average, up to that 120. While in Supercoach, it was a massive 33 average point jump. That is insane for a guy that was already verging on on 100. In AFL Fantasy, that 120 average included 19 tons. That's ridiculous. 19 tons. 13 of those hundreds are over 120, and five of them were over 140. While in Supercoach, same, 19 tons. 12 over 120, 7, an insane 7 over 150, and a lower score of 95. He was ridiculously good last year. He was, and uh, I know finals don't count, but in Supercoach, I think his prelim and his grand final are both over 140 as well. So Yeah, was, 146 uh, against the Tigers, 141 uh, against West Coast, and the two other finals, 118 and 116. Yeah, so he's um he's still doing it against the good teams. And uh, look, as you said, if you look at his career progression, he went up 14 points in fantasy. Fantasy looks a lot more like a, a ladder. He's slowly climbing. Mm. He went 60s, 90s, 100, 106, 120. Whereas Supercoach had three straight years in the 90s and then went bang to 130. So if you juxtapose it with the fantasy, it, you can sort of see that it is on the up. But in Supercoach, it might have seemed like he slowed down a little bit and then just went bang. He's one of these guys that when you, you're spending such a vast amount of money, clearly he becomes a captaincy option. And without Tom Mitchell, who was our perma-captain for most of the year, even for you know Supercoach with the rolling lockout, you generally tend to look for guys that were early enough in the round that you go, okay, the Friday night game, I'll look for my Fifes early in the year. I'll look for my Dangerfields. I'll look for my Kellys. I'll look for my Crips, these guys. And then I know I've got this safety net of Tom Mitchell. There is no safety net in this season for us with Tom Mitchell, but it would it be a fair thing to say that Brody Grundy is our safest 100-scoring player across all formats as we enter into 2019? I know it's a big call to kind of make, but would you put him in that same or close enough to that same sort of category of he's one of the safest bets we've got this year? I think he's definitely one of the safest. You could argue whether others have a higher ceiling, but certainly sure. he's one of the safest, as you said. He's consistently scoring high, and he's really got no question marks over role. No. You know, there's not going to be any change to the way him and Mason Cox Absolutely. play, especially in the finals. Mason Cox clearly a key forward now. He's not going to get any extra hitouts than he did last year. Mm. Grundy's clearly the ruck, um, so that's not changing. Grundy doesn't miss games. In the last three years, he's missed three games. Two of them were due to a sling tackle against Ben Brown that yeah, everyone said was a good right. tackle, but just knocked him in the head. That's right. There's a lot of debate on that one. <laughs> that was the, like a week or two after Dangerfields, wasn't it? I feel it like was. it was really close afterwards. And yeah. the only other game he's missed in the last three years was round one, 2016, when uh, Bucks decided to drop Grundy and play Wits as the oh number one ruck. That was Dane I forgot Swan. that. That was Dane Swan's last game, and Grundy's been the man since. So he hasn't been injured in three years. Played every other game. Oh, wow. 
Um, so he's safe as houses in that respect. Well, you're right. He's got the durability. Absolutely. His fantasy scoring basement is absolutely insane. Like his three lowest scores last year in Supercoach, the ones where he didn't turn up, 99, 98, 95. They're his three lowest scores last year in Supercoach. Then from a dream team and fantasy perspective, 84. That was in that round one game against the Hawks, where it was more defined ruck sharing. Um, 89 uh, against Brisbane. That was kind of probably ruck sharing too. McInerney and Stefan Martin. Probably the only game that would give some cause for concern was against uh, West Coast in round 17. But you see then back in the grand final, you know, he goes and gets a 99 in the grand final. He goes and gets a 110 in Dream Team and Fantasy there. So th- there's really no game uh, over the past 30-odd games that you go, gee whiz, that burned me having Brody Grundy. No, and the, to follow on from that, so you're basically saying his absolute floor in Fantasy is about 80. Yeah. His absolute floor in Supercoach is 90. Like, that's his worst game. So the reason why that should excite you, uh, especially with Tom Mitchell down, you're talking mm. about captains. Collingwood plays either the first or second game of the round in 10 of the first 11 rounds. Oh. So Dream Team has a rolling lockout. Yes. Supercoach always has a rolling lockout. If and you there's need... a couple of Thursday night games early on for AFL fantasy coaches as well. Yep. Um, and there's an Anzac Day game in there too in mm. about round five. So if, if you need a vice-captain option. I mean, Collingwood is the team to get one from, and Grundy is as good a choice as any. Certainly, and as we talk about the Collingwood midfield, and we've highlighted a number of Collingwood players across the 50 most relevant, um, there is still some question marks about how does the Beams' inclusion impact some of their fantasy scoring, but you're right. Mason Cox's role is not going to change so substantially that it's going to dint on what happens to Brody Grundy. So he is, from a Collingwood perspective, the clear number one vice-captaincy option for your rolling lockout formats and for your Wednesday-Thursday night games um, for AFL Fantasy. Um, I also think, and I'm curious to get your take on it, do these new ruck rules help or hurt some of our ruckmen? The ability now from from stoppages around the ground and throw-ins where they can just juke the ball straight out. Um, we may see a, a decrease potentially in some hit-outs. We may. It's a little bit unknown how some of these r- rule changes will or won't impact Fantasy. But I also think someone like Brody. Who's, who's always around the contest, plenty of tackles, loves to, you know, dish it off to that phenomenal midfield around him. Uh, I'm not too sure that those, I know some have suggested it, but I'm certainly not sold on the fact that these new ruck rules will make a substantial dent on his fantasy output. Well, in fact, uh, the ruck rule that you can take it straight out of the ruck now, yeah. um, he's one of the main guys doing that anyway. Yeah. He just gets the body. He's You can see he's made it a focus. He just nudges the guy out of the way, grabs it, kicks it 30, 40 metres, just, you know. He's already done it anyway, so I don't know that it's going to change all that much. If anything, you'll just get a couple more kicks rather than um, than hit-outs from it because it's not a free kick against you now. Well, that's right. He's the one that's going to get less frees against. He had 36 free kicks against him last year if you include uh, finals right throughout the process of that. So there's always multiple reasons why Ruckman gives away a, a free against them. But you're right, I'm not too big on the fact that that's going to be really dent him. Um You've mentioned a couple of times on on the podcast ever since we started that no two Ruckman has ever, the same two has gone on from one year following through to be the same two top scoring Rucks the new season in. There are still some question marks about Max Gorn and what may or may not happen with Braden Pruce. Can you see any reason outside of injury that 
we don't have Brody Grundy as one of our top two scoring rucks this year. Yeah, well, it seems unlikely at this time of year, but um, I'm sure we've, if we sat here and did a, at the start of the year podcast on rucks every year for 20 years, we would have said the same about a lot yeah, of other guys. that's true. Um, so if you assume no injury, well, first thing you've got to need a couple of other ruckmen to step up. Mm. So you'd assume, if, if you sat here and said, Grundy didn't get injured and it wasn't one of the top two rucks, how would it happen? Well, probably Gorn would be one of the guys to beat him, yep. logically, because yep. he's close. And then someone else is just going to step up, like whoever it is, maybe Goldstein, maybe Steph Martin. Steph Martin's had the scoring punch. Brisbane's a team on the rise. Yeah. Um, and maybe Grundy just dips sort of 10, 15 points. Uh, maybe teams just really target him. Maybe, sure. you know, something that, like that. It, uh, you wouldn't think he's going to miss it by a huge amount. Though. No, you wouldn't. And that that's probably what makes coaches a little bit nervous. We talked about this uh, with Jimmy just yesterday on the Jackson McRae podcast. He was number four in the 50 most relevant. How he's had such a phenomenal year. And yet there feels like there's these doubts and concerns about whether he can do it again. Yet you look at Brody Grundy, who had an even more substantially increased and more dominant year. There doesn't seem to be the kind of doubts and question marks that he can go there again. Um, does that concern you a little bit that it seems to be this lay down misere? Grundy's going to be a top two or three player across the formats. He'll average 120, 130. No problems. He'll kill it. Go, go, go. Is there any concerns for you that so much of the fantasy community is like, it's a safer houses pick? Or is it just he literally is that safe of a selection? Well, I think the slight difference with him and McRae is that McRae shot up very early in his career and then just on a hop. Kind of held. I mean, part of that is because of the forward role. Sure. Because he got forward status a year and it's just, <laughs> you know, coaching roles move around. Sure. And there's a bit of less of that with Grundy in that he's unlikely to get a role change. Um, the second thing is it's a big average. However good you are and however much of an upward trajectory you are, you know, how many players have backed up 130 average in Supercoach or 120 average in Fantasy? Like, I would guess Gary. Swan has in Gary. Fantasy and Ablett in Supercoach. Yeah. Has anyone else backed up those oh, without kind of numbers? numbers. It, it's, it's rarefied air, let's put it that way. Yeah. And to do it 22 games. Some may do it for five, six, seven, eight games. And that's the thing, when you go and spend this big outlay of cash on these big guys... Yes, you're probably actually going to be able to get them you know, cheaper at round five or six due to the way the magic number works. Unless they score well over their current price average, you will pick them up marginally cheaper. The thing is, what's the points they get in that period of time? Absolutely. And can you afford to get them at their cheapest price in round four, five, and six to make missing them, quote-unquote, worth it? And then if you're missing guys like Laird, Lloyd, Gorn, McRae, there's only so many of these big boys that you can miss early on. I know there's plenty of value, but there's only so many of these big boys that you can miss on before it starts to hurt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, and if you don't start with him and you want to trade him in, um, his buy round may cause you to really have a problem there because he shares his buy round with Steph Martin, Max Gorn, um, and Geelong. So if you have Darcy Fort, if sure. Darcy Fort happens to play round one, if a lot of people have him as there are three, if you've got Gorn... And Darcy Fort, can you really trade in Grundy? All of your three rucks then have the same buy round. Well, that's it. It just means that your best 18 on field are going to have to come from the other three scoring lines. And that does put a concern potentially for you there. I think it's manageable and workable um, through there. But it's one of those interesting ones, isn't it? We we rarely get that from a fantasy perspective. Sometimes we're a little bit lucky with our top two rucks that they're on different lines. But it looks very much like Gorn and Grundy, who are both in the top 10 of the 50 most relevant, 
both look like they're fit and firing, ready to roll. I know he's been on some light duties just over the past week, but everything coming out of Collingwood suggests he'll be fine for the JLT. He got through all of the kind of pre-season fitness and endurance sort of work that they got into the tank sort of pre-Christmas and early through January. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, If he starts to miss some JLT matches, then maybe concern can certainly rise. But right now for me, in all formats, I'm starting with Brodie Grundy. What about for you? Yeah, I've got him in uh, in all three for sure. And um, you know we're talking about the same two rucks have never been the mm. same. So if you go back and work out the top two averaging rucks, this is just fantasy. Supercoach should be slightly different. Sure. But in fantasy, even though the top two have never been identical two years in a row, um, there was a streak of about 10 years where Dean Cox was in like eight or nine of those That's years. Insane. So that was Cox and someone, Cox and someone. So if you think that Brundy is uh, a bit like Cox, you know, That'd be the sort of thing you'd be hoping for. Yeah, right? I certainly think he. If there's ever a player that's likely to do it, given the um, there are some parallels between the two in the type of player they are. Not heaps, but there's enough of them in terms of their ability to get around the ground. I, I definitely think he's the one. Let's talk drafts because this is a real interesting one for me. Uh, safe to say, if you don't have a top two selection, you don't have a chance at picking Brody Grundy. I, I think no matter the format, he's gone inside the top two selections. Here's the thing. If you pick him at number one, regardless of the format, you go lock in Grundy at number one. Everyone's going to get, assuming it's a 10-team league, a bunch of selections, 19-odd selections before it gets back to you. Chances are most of the top eight to 10 midfielders, probably off the board, most of them. The top two or three forwards and backs, probably off the board at this point in time. Are you worried as a drafter that now all of a sudden your likely M1 is probably in that second bunch back, likely to be a, a sort of a 10 to 15 average kind of guy. Are you worried about that damaging your structure too much? Or are you just, as a drafter, going, well, I'm getting a guy that's 10, 15, 20, 30 points better than what anyone else could ever get in this line, and I'm going to make the points up here in somewhere else. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a maths exercise, isn't yeah, it? it? You're is. thinking this is the difference between this ruck and the next ruck if I get them later and how many points do I lose on the midfielder or the defender or whatever. So there's probably less of a drop from the number one mid down to the number 10 mid yep. um, than there is for the number one ruck down to even the number three four. or four ruck. Yeah. Um, I mean, based on last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends what you think everyone's going at this year. So I don't think it's too much of a concern, but you'd... You know, you'd want to pick up one of at least one mid in your back-to-backs on the way back. Yeah, you absolutely would. Look, I think Brody Grundy. If depending on, there's plenty of value late in the forward lines and late in the back lines every single year in drafts. And yes, you can get some value selections in your rucks late in the drafts. I definitely don't um, disagree with that statement. I just think if Brody Grundy's there at pick one or two, um, I wouldn't let somebody else get the quote-unquote bargain in the round one selection who's got a pick in round three or you know at three four or five going to get a guy that's going 120 in the ruck or potentially you know 130 in super coach ruck so yeah i, I probably wouldn't let him slide past uh the second selection in a first round that's for sure keeper leagues uh, you're just not selling him just j- you're just not he's going in the same place in a, in a brand new keeper league he's going in those top couple of selections no matter what and if you own him in a keeper league it does not matter what anybody offers you you just politely say what tim 
No, no. Get stuffed, <laughs> um, as I may have had several times from you in a keeper league. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts today as we talked about Brody Grundy. Yep, cheers. If you want to check out the article on Brody, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv, as well as all of the other players we have revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. If you're enjoying these daily podcasts thus far, I'd encourage you leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out here at the Coaches Panel. And if you do want some exclusive content landing for our Patreons, you can go and get all the links and details for signing up for that at coachespanel.tv. Our top two of the 50 most relevant are about to land. And who do you think is going to be in the top two?